Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thank you for tuning in on this gorgeous Wednesday, October the 6th. The monthly appearance is here. I always look forward to it, having Dr. David Blodgett on the uh, on the air with me every first Wednesday of the month. So you can put it on your calendar. He's, he's always here. It's pretty awesome. Uh, David, it's great. great. Thanks for here. coming in. Thank you for being kind. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, like I've said before, I, I put it on the calendar, and I don't have to call you or remind you or anything. I just know Dave Blodgett's going to be here on the first Wednesday. Yeah, and if so. I can, I'll call wherever I am. It's really, I think, a good way for us to... To get some messages out that maybe don't have enough, they get filtered through other venues, and it's not a good thing. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, well, you cannot be misquoted on this show because you're actually doing the quoting yeah, of yourself. So right. something like that. I like that. <laughs> um, you know, my world was consumed uh, the last couple of weeks with kidney stones, and I thought, well, let's get the doctor on and talk just for a couple of minutes about kidney stones. I know you're not technically a urologist or whatever, but uh, you actually, uh, like me, have had an experience with your own kidney. Oh yeah, stone. yeah. That's it's something a good share of us have at least yeah. once in our life, and don't care to repeat right? well so. that's probably the biggest thing right there is uh, now i'm kind of going through that because I, I met with the doctor on monday and had the stint removed which is a whole another process we won't talk about but uh he gave me some advice on things i should and should not be doing and uh you mentioned when you walked in here the very first thing is water lots water, of water water yeah water. um i mean that's your best the old eight glasses a day i think is mm-hmm. uh kind of geared around this idea that uh, keeping your kidneys flushed out is a good thing so yeah and 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 the the benefits of water so my wife has always loved drinking water Mm -hmm. ever since you know well since we've been together she's always been a water drinker i like some kind of something flavored in there and i've had a really hard time i thought i found the solution about two years ago i started drinking low calorie uh g2 gatorade g2 i thought that was like the answer because i it's it's basically 98 percent water which is a little bit of great flavoring in it i thought okay i'm i'm in good shape now well after meeting with the doctor on monday turns out that gatorade is you know it's got a lot of salt in it and a lot of electro electrolytes and he says hey if you're sweating if you're losing salt water it's perfect if you're not sweating if you just drink it because you like it well you probably shouldn't yeah <laughs> well so so high high salt diet is something that if you have problems with kidney stones you should avoid right okay. and so um yeah but who doesn't have a little extra salt in their diet you know <laughs> so, yeah, sure. so being careful about that and not deliberately I, I i don't think most people realize how much salt is in some pretty basic things that people spend a lot of uh uh, time consuming so sodas uh, is, is perhaps the worst that you just don't pay soda, attention right? yeah, yeah so there's a ton in 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 coca-cola whatever you know all of those uh i, I one of my most memorable patients uh from trip my training period was a lady that i was in the icu for three months and she was there six times so she'd get out wow she'd drink a a diet coke and put her right back in the hospital and we'd have to tune her up again you know so wow. she was in heart failure so there's a lot of sodium in so paying attention to that you know and not consuming unnecessary sodium. if you've got a kidney stone problem that's the thing 
Yeah, the other thing I think that is counterintuitive is, uh, you know, we always want to think about calcium, but it's actually a, a calcium deficiency that contributes to cal- to, to, to that, stones more than a calcium excess, right? That's, that's so, exactly what the doctor was saying. Yeah. He says, guys, oh, I drank too much milk. That's why I got it. That, yeah. that is not that, correct. That is not true. In fact, it's just the opposite. So what happens is if you're calcium deficient, your bone starts to pull calcium, your, your, your body starts to pull calcium out of your bones. Hmm. And the, in your bones, the form of calcium is, is calcium oxalate. So you pull that calcium out to utilize it in your body. That oxalate becomes free. It goes to your kidneys. It can crystallize out. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, a, a large percentage of kidney stones are is, is, is oxalate. And so, so uh, counter to the thought, and it, making sure you get enough calcium in your diet is probably actually a, a very good thing to do. So. Dr. Tony <clears throat> said drink milk, eat cheese, cottage cheese, whatever. He stopped short of saying eat ice cream, probably because of there are other problems there. But I, I extrapolated that out and said, hey, he just told me I can hey, have a milkshake. anything dairy, right? So, um. so anyway, yeah, just again, as two guys who have had kidney stones, we can tell you you don't want one. If you can avoid one, do it because uh, it, it compares. And I'm not going to say that it is as bad as childbirth because I've never had a child yeah. and I will never have one. But it compares pain level-wise to childbirth and uh, you do not want that trust me yeah i've I've had people tell me you know i've had children but uh, i'd I'd take that over yeah (laughs) over kidney stones i um so i have some simple things you can do to think about to avoid that as experience as part of your life experience so you know you know a lot more about what causes them and yeah, there's some people that have familial conditions, though, that it's just part of their genetics. And, yeah. and those yeah. people I feel badly for because they, they just have them, you know, kidney stone after kidney stone. And, I, and I uh, told, that, that's just part of their life. I told my dad, who's 86, I said, this is your fault. I inherited this from you. He says, hey, I only had one. You've had two now. So that's your bad, not mine. He's right. Yeah. He's right. I, um, <laughs> I, I guess it's all part of the experience of this life. But um yeah, anyway, I For hope sure. you don't have any more. We yeah, can avoid some of those. I I'm a pretty faithful water drinker since my experience. I am starting to. In fact, I have one right behind me over here. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, avoid kidney stones. I, I, words to live by, really. Avoid kidney stones. They're not, they're not fun, folks. They they are not fun at all. Especially if you get a bigger one that gets lodged in there, then and uh, you end up in the emergency room at two o'clock in the morning. So. I, I used to joke in medical school that I had this list of things I didn't want to get. You know that I learned about that I didn't oh, want yeah, to get. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, then not like there's anything that I learned about that you want to get, right. but uh, kidney stones is definitely on that list. So. <clears throat> Talking with Dr. David Blodgett, Southwest Utah Public Health Department. Dr. Blodgett, a former chief resident at Johns Hopkins University. How long ago was that now? It's been 20 years? You know, it's about 20 years. Yeah, yeah. hard to believe. Time flies. We brought it home here to southern Utah, and who knew we were going to have what has been deemed a national pandemic, or, in, or rather international yeah. pandemic, uh, under your watch. Uh, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it so many times that it, it's a weird combination of things that have happened that have made COVID be what it is today, uh, and, and a lot of it is, you know, inflammatory media coverage. Yeah, and... Billions of news articles about this. Yes, so, literally. So everybody's yes. an expert, you know, a, a wide, you know, just a lot of political interaction with this that didn't. So this is actually my second pandemic, if you want to be official. And, okay. uh, you know, the first was H1N1. And we, 
we the approach was different, very yeah. different. In fact, almost opposite. <laughs> yeah, and that one worked out, you know, much better for society it and did. for all of us. Um, I, I think in the end, the overall capacity for that to be deadly was almost identical, really. And uh, um, the the platform for vaccination was already in place, so we were able to vaccinate a lot more quickly we could you know it, it showed up in the spring and we were vaccinating by fall but we were really only off by three or four months on this one it just um uh, we continue to have the political rhetoric around yeah it, so. we, we sure do uh a, a lot of it lately has been the you know the the president ruling that they're or mandating it, it hasn't officially gone into effect yet but mandating that companies that have a hundred or more employees uh, are mandated. They must vaccinate yeah. their employees or their employees lose their job. This is obviously a politically charged uh, deal here. As, as a health director, how do you try to, and I know it's hard, you, you're not a surgeon, but you might as well be here as you try to separate the rhetoric and the, the anger even from people versus what really needs to be done. How, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah, I... Yeah, well, and you know this, Sandy. We've tried to maintain a middle road through the yeah. whole thing, right? We don't we've we've always had people on both sides you know unhappy no matter what we do but um but this you know i I think mandates are a mistake right i mean i think you need to uh, the vaccine needs to stand on its own people need to understand the merits they need to, to to do it it's a great idea it's just uh once we get into the mandating then people stiffen their backbone and go the other way and it's just really difficult to so we're in an environment where it's really hard to find healthcare workers or people to work, actually, because there's so much government money floating around that people are staying home and not working. And and so now you're going to fire half your healthcare workers or yeah, you know 25 percent uh, or whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it, the 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 counterintuitiveness of a lot of this is um, staggering, actually. And so so I I think I think recommending I think you know letting people kind of explore what they want to do I I mean I let, let me tell you this story I okay I had a friend that I knew was you know extremely not interested in getting vaccinated I'll say it that way um, but he called me and said look um, I had a friend die he was mm-hmm. 48, 48 you didn't I didn't see it coming you know let, let's talk through some of my concerns. So I spent about three hours wow. <laughs> going through concerns with him. And then I actually, you know, uh, kind of I went and, and met him and when he got vaccinated. And, 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 you know, that was what it took to get, you know, to work through the process for him. And uh, unfortunately, I can't do that for 250,000 people in the there's district. But, hours in but, I, but yeah. I, I think it's, it was instructive for me that, you know, there's, there's real concerns that people have. There doesn't, doesn't mean that there aren't answers to those concerns or, you know, trade-offs in everything. But, um, but it, was, um, it was a process for me. And, and I, think, I, I think people are shifting in a lot of ways their attitudes. But I think a mandate, you know, puts them right back in that camp of you're not going to tell me what to do. And, and that, 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 that's not necessary. Right. I mean, we've yeah. we've we've struggled to get to the point where there's a good vaccine. We've you know put out one hundred and twenty five thousand doses of vaccine out of the health department. And and, uh, you know, it's readily available in many places. Uh, it works. It's effective. And, uh, and we, we just need to have as many people as possible get it so we we can put to rest uh, the number of people that are in the hospital and dying and, and move on. 
Let me tell you a quick experience of mine in the last week or so. Uh, our, our general manager came to us and said, uh, knowing those of us that have been vaccinated here, I think it's almost everybody at Cherry Creek, but uh, by, by not, not mandated, but by voluntarily we did. Uh, but uh, he, he came to us and he said, hey, uh, are any of you willing to uh, do a, like a commercial, a testimonial about it? And I said, I, I, I thought about it. I took this very seriously. Because, as you know, we get in the media eye, people get angry whatever side they're on. Uh, sometimes people in the middle get angry at the people on both sides. You know how yeah, that is. Absolutely. And, and, and so I, I considered it very carefully. And, and I went back to uh, my boss and I said, you know what? I, I believe in the vaccines. And I believe that even though it's going to make some people angry, it'll probably get some people to turn off the show, whatever. I believe in them, and, and yes, I would be willing to record a commercial saying, yes, I took the vaccine, and I believe it helped me. Now, I don't – somebody somebody challenged me on that. I said, well, yeah, but you don't have proof that it helped. Well, no, I don't have proof that it helped. I just know that I got COVID. Uh, what's it been? Well, it was July, so yeah. two or three months ago. Uh, and I got sick, but I didn't – I believe that I didn't get as sick as I would have gotten. Yeah. So well, and that's what the data overall shows, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you look at who's in the hospital right now, um, if you if you take a hundred people and you look and say, well, how many of those hundred people that are in the hospital are vaccinated or not vaccinated? Maybe two or three of them are vaccinated; the rest are unvaccinated, right? Yeah. And so. Uh, on the state's website, they posted as uh, how many times more likely are you to be a case if you've been vaccinated? So it's it's four point six or something like that. More times more likely. But if you put tur- turn that into a percentage, that's you're eighty percent less likely to to be a case. So let's say you're you, that's one in five, right? So you, right. you you have one in five chance. So so now you're twenty percent of the people that have actually gotten in. And so people say, well, that means the vaccine doesn't work. And that's, that's not true at all, because then you're, you're now tw- a, tw- a fifth of the people that would have gotten it now have gotten it, right? And then when it's, you're, you're actually four, four to five times less likely to end up in the hospital, right? So now you've, you've decreased that number by another. So out of the five people that would have gone into the hospital uh, before, right, 5% go in the hospital, you end up with maybe... One percent, you know, f- instead of five percent, right? So now you're you're at ninety nine percent reduction, <laughs> yeah. and then you take another five times less likely, you're at a, a thousand times, you know, a, a ninety nine nine hundred and ninety nine percent reduction for fatalities, and and the fatality for those that have been vaccinated has been incredibly rare, right? So I actually called and talked to the medical examiner, and and he gave me a rundown of. The, the three cases of people that have been vaccinated that have had COVID um, and, died, and died, and they yeah. were um, they were the most at risk, which we still have to worry about, right? I mean, the, sure. the, so the, so so nothing's a hundred percent game, but what we're saying is it, it reduces on an exponential scale your risk overall, and so. So these were people that had things like, you know, kidney transplants and stuff, stuff that we call the high risk that, you know, were recently recommended to get a third dose. But but also just, I mean, they're they're fragile in a lot of ways. Right. And we worry about them for all kinds of things. Right. Flu is going to be hard on them and anything else. And so um, uh, that's not evidence that for ninety nine point nine nine percent of people, the vaccine isn't going to be 
effective what we needed to do, which is keep them out of the hospital and keep them from dying. You know? yeah. So uh, you, you can't use the example of somebody that's that's in that kind of really far edges of of being uh, of, of having an immune system and all of those things that uh, we deal with with you know a, a really fragile population and say that 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 doesn't mean it's not going to work for the vast majority of people. So. Right. The, the, the thing that I maybe is ironic about all this and as our phone lines light up is people are getting angry at us right now for saying this. Yeah. And, and it, you know, somebody, somebody called last time you were on a month ago and said, Oh, he's, he just got on the air and just lied about everything. And I, I said, <laughs> why, why do you think, you know, I'm talking to this person. I said, why do you think he was lying? What, what would be his motivation to lie to you? Well, he wants to get ahead in life. He, he wants it so he can get a promotion so he can make more money. And I was like, well, first of all, he was chief resident at Johns Hopkins. He could have had just about any job he wanted. Second of all, he he instead decided to come back to his hometown and to help take care of the people that he grew up around. And and third, you know, as far as 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 health guy, that, this is it in Southern Utah. If you want to live here, you have yeah. you know. The, I, I just I don't. There, there is I, no re, promotion reason, for me. <laughs> yeah, the reason for your motivation for lying does not hold water to me no. at all. And, well, it's easy to accuse somebody from lying if you don't agree with you, right? And that's yeah. part of the incivility we've encountered in life uh, yeah. over this pandemic. And I and I think it's something that people in general should be worried about, right? We. Everybody can agree to disagree. It's it's this idea that you know everybody's an idiot unless they believe the way I do, and that yeah. you know no matter what we're going to burn the house down just because people aren't doing what we think they ought to be doing, right? And I'm I'm right, you're wrong, and that's uh, it makes it tough. It makes it tough to be an elected official. It makes you tough. You know the people that really want to serve um, get beat up the most, and it it makes you not want to do it anymore. So. Yeah, I, I, and I hope that's not the case with you yet. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I can I can see I felt frustration just in my job about this because I get you know, all the time people oh yeah you're you're you you know they got to you is, is what I, I hear that they got to you because you took the vaccine now and you're you're on their side and I'm just like look I I got a recommendation from someone I trust Dr. Blodgett that the vaccine is going to work for me I have now a personal experience that I believe it did work for me so. I don't know who you're talking about. They got to me, but I know that, you know, for me, Johnson and Johnson made my life, maybe even saved my life, made my life better. And I don't feel any, I, I'm not feeling any side effects, lasting yeah. side effects or anything. I don't, I don't think. Well, and, 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 and they don't want to acknowledge that we haven't been on the, the way far other side saying we got to shut everything down and nobody should ever leave their home again either. Right. right. We, I think people, people have the right to make decisions about their health, but, but I also have the right to, to, to say I've reviewed the data. I've looked at what vaccination is all about. And this is a, this is, this is the path that everybody should take at the moment to, to get to where they would, they, they are less likely to be impacted by this, but also to pass it to others, right? And so is any of that 100%? No, but nothing's 100% in life. And, but this is pretty darn good, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's in, in the world of uncertainty, the, the vaccine comes through as, as really a, a something that um, I don't have any reservations in recommending. Um, you know, unless, unless you've gone to your doctor and they say, you know, there's this exception right yeah, i mean so there are there's issue. always yeah. there's always a medical issue with those people and that fits into that range of 
people that are going to struggle no matter what they do because they have, you know, situations that are just really difficult in life. So. I guess a lot of it has come down to trust now. Do you trust your leaders? Do you trust your, your doctor? Uh, and, and, you know, if you go to a mechanic and you trust your mechanic and he says you need to replace a certain part in your car, uh, unless you're also a mechanic yourself, you kind of have to trust them or, or your car is not going to run. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, with doctors. I, I'm not an anatomy expert. I'm, I'm not. But I, I know people like you who have devoted their life to this stuff. And, and so, you know, I know that a lot of this audience is very, very distru- distrustful. Uh, and understandably so, considering some of the leadership of this country right now. But yeah, no, and I, I get that. I, I, I do. And we've talked a lot, in, you know, in this program about, well, how do you cut through all of the 17 billion websites and figure out, you know, what does that mean? Um, and, um, and so where are credible sources of information and how do you recognize, you know, what's not and, and I, I, I think it's more and more difficult all the time. You know, I'll, I'll grant people that. But um, sometimes you have to be willing to say the overall principle is is where what we're going for, and the, right. the specifics of everybody arguing back and forth is, you know. So <laughs> I, I guess I guess in life sometimes there just has to be some things that are reality and some things that just are never going to be known but um. there's you know and we're not indicting those that don't want to get the shot uh, that is your personal choice but uh, you know by the well there are people who maybe are to the extreme the other way they want every shot that they can find and they wear a mask in the car by themselves while they're driving yeah. to cedar city and and stuff like that so I mean, I mean there are reactions on both sides but i think it's i think it's important to take you know we talked about this yesterday on the show find a source that you trust uh, whether it's you know an expert in that, that's what I like to do find an expert in the field, and and you know trust them and and I think that uh, I think there's too little trust left in this world right now, for obvious reasons. Well, and and that's what, to be honest, that's my role and what I've really tried to do. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so we've tried to always be a voice of moderation, of reason, of you know right down the middle, and and. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people, and and I don't think it's that many people. I think it's just the vocal few. Does yeah. that make sense? They're yeah, on, on both yeah. sides of the spectrum, and I think sure. most people in the middle are are um, are okay, or they understand, or they're they're able to to work through the process, uh, and and maybe they decide not to get vaccinated. That's okay. I think, and I think sometimes we we polarize with some of the things that are going on politically when it doesn't need to be right, and so. Yeah. Uh, it's strange to me that that the anti-vaccine movement shifted from from uh, the nine hundred two one zero zip code to <laughs> you know a, a, kind of a a right wing phenomenon that just didn't need to happen. That's it's never weird. been there, and that's and, <laughs> and uh, it, that's never been part of that. We've you know. 95, 96% of, of the nation's children get vaccinated every year, right? And there's that yeah. 3 or 4% that don't that, you know, take an exemption or something. But but I think this might shift that, too, because people are, are, are lumping a, a political attitude into into what has always been historically the, the single best thing you can do to prevent disease and, and keep people healthy, right? I mean, we, we, we increased life expectancy by 40 years over the last yeah. – the last – 
50 years or so. And about 80% of that increase was vaccinations because kids don't die, you know. So If, if you're our age, when to last time you met anybody that has had polio or yeah. diphtheria or tuberculosis, they're gone. Yeah. Smallpox. Because of you know, Smallpox used to kill 30% of the people that got it. It's just unbelievable that we that uh, what's been able to happen because this idea that you can you can allow the body to understand what a disease means for that body without having to have a race to see if it's going to kill you before you figure out the immunity to it you know yeah. and, and that's really all it is every day people are exposed to disease and uh, uh, probably 200 or so diseases every day and, and wow. your body fights them off and it learns how to fight them off there's just some diseases that uh, the race, you, we, we lose the race more frequently when, when we'd like to. And so teaching your yeah. body about that disease through vaccination, you know, is an incredibly effective tool that's, that's done more to prolong life and save and give good quality of life than perhaps anything out there. All right. Got to get a weather break in. If you've been on hold, we will get to you right after this break. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. All right, welcome back. It's 938 on KDXU. We want to talk a little bit about flu booster, uh, the booster shot for the COVID-19. Do you want to take a couple of phone calls, so uh, if you're okay with that, Doc? Uh, hey, uh, thanks for holding on through the break. What's on your mind? Is this me? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. Doctor, I got to be honest, I'm really struggling with a lot of what you're saying, but I absolutely can be civil because I believe your intentions are good. Um, but I do disagree with much of what you're saying. So let me just ask a question or two, and then I'll let you elaborate. Um, I'm one of about 57 members of my family who don't vaccinate. I am not anti-vax. I have no problem with people getting flu shots or whatever. I don't agree with the increased protocols for young children and so on and so forth. But my mom raised me, my five siblings. Are nearly 30 children. My parents are in their 70s. My dad has respiratory issues that are severe annually. My mom has rheumatoid arthritis for 11 years and has chosen to handle it naturally and is doing quite well. We believe in our body because we believe in God and the greatness of our bodies. And so most of us have had COVID. I had it in uh, early last year, actually, before it was even big. Uh, I had it right out of the gate. So did my wife and my oldest son. My body is very strong. I know my body. Why would I jam some, I'll say experimental for, to be true to myself. I know you, you know you may differ, but why would I put an experimental gene therapy in my body when my body has already handled it and recovered? And so that's my first question. The second question is, is if I'm someone out there who feels safe, my body's robust, I have the antibodies, so do all my kids and my family members. Why isn't the government, if their motives are altruistic, which you continue to tout, not seeking a contraction number for the country? Why are they not spending energy doing antibody testing to quantify? Because we know that a very small percentage of people got tested when they had it, and even smaller went to the hospital. So you have a big, scary number of people that have had it and deaths, but it's only relevant if you hold it against the number of people that have had it. And so... One last thing, I stood in front of you earlier last year, and you admitted that masks were marginally, at best, effective, especially for healthy-aged people and kids, and yet I believe you're a beta. I don't believe you have alpha. You are only followed because you're smart, not because you're a leader. Why did you not use your voice 
if you're so altruistic and so confident that the vaccine is good to go out there and tell the truth that the masks being propagated on us are not reducing it. The only thing okay. you said was maybe in the elderly population, people should wear them around their grandmas and grandpas. And I can get behind that. But you didn't use your voice to go tell people to take them off their kids, which you know isn't helping kids. All right. Let's let's let the doctor respond now. OK, go ahead, doc. I was like when people put words in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if I remember that conversation, I think we agreed to disagree about masks, and that's fine, right? I mean, I mm-hmm. think that's what the whole point is. And and you can agree to disagree on any of this stuff here. I I have the the duty to review the science and put out the recommendations, but I also agree that there shouldn't be a mandate, and there won't be a mandate from me. But, you know, that's... And and so it, it you, you can't pin all of the politics of this situation on to me, right? A lot of sure. this happened because of the larger political situation. We never issued any mandates out of our health department. We never issued any rules or orders or any of that. All of that has come from outside places. So I get lumped in with the whole general government yeah, situation. Governor and that's, Herbert, that's the problem yeah. that I think people have never been willing to actually uh listen to and so it's hard to be the voice of a trusted voice when you get lumped in with government which is you know has been all over the place on this thing right and so so um so the question of why why vaccinate if you don't feel like you should is you know if you if you feel like you have the reasons not to i I don't think any nobody from my office or from me or anybody else is going to force anybody to get vaccinated I I feel the duty to report that uh, in this situation and in most situations, vaccines are the way to go. Right? They're I mean, safe it, it, they're safe. They're effective. They they do the job that you want them to do. And so, the the, the tragedy in all this is, you know, ninety so point five percent of people that end up get this that we know about. And he's, and it's absolutely correct. We don't know about everybody that's had this disease. And I think that's, and I've tried to point that out too. You know, the numbers end up being lower because there are people that never get tested. And I'm, you know, that's, that I think is just the nature of, we can only act on what we know. And, you know, right. and, and I've always said it's probably two or three times that many that have had it. Right. And so you end up with a much smaller number. So let's just say that only, Point one percent of the population dies from this. That's that's probably point one, point two, point three. I've always said this is pretty similar to flu, um, and that's the that's the reality of the situation. But the problem with that is um, that's still point one, point two, point three percent of the population. So should we ever shut down society for that? No. No. But is it worth getting a vaccine for that? Yes. Right. From the standpoint of two weeks in a hospital is 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 a big encumbrance in your life is you know having being that 0.1 percent that dies not necessary you know if you get a, a small inconvenience that's a great, of a vaccine that's, so, that's actually a great way to put it it's not necessary for you to die it's not necessary to to roll the dice on that when you've got this and and so so we have lots of things we do in society that have a lot lower return on the on the rate for doing it, right? We force yeah. people to wear, you know, we ask people, we we you give you tickets if you don't wear a seatbelt, seat for example, yeah. right? And, and every car um, must have an airbag now. That's the law. 
Right. And so in the in the constellation of things, this this really does have a big impact on the overall um possibility of mortality when you look at it from a population basis. I don't I, I'm never going to be an advocate for mandates though. And that that's where I think people say any government is is, is is we can recommend all we want and that's what I'm doing. And you know, science yeah. is good, the vaccine's good. I recommend that people get it. But if you don't want to then then have at it. So um the second is a is a valid point, and that is what is the end goal here? And um, I remember you talking about exit strategy a year ago. Like, we, we don't have one, and that's driven me crazy from the beginning, right? Yeah. And so, for an upper for upper respiratory tract infection like this, you know, we we you know everybody says, oh, we need to treat this like we do other diseases, but there's there's a dichotomy in how we treat diseases, right? There's diseases like measles or pertussis or something that we've had a long-standing track record of being available to vaccinate with that we've almost eliminated in the population when we see those disease diseases pop up there's a lot we can do to stop them from spreading right but a widespread upper respiratory tract infection like this we have a very good model for that and that's flu right and so we we track those mm-hmm. um based on hospitalizations and and uh and just get a feel for how bad it is every year to let people know and we have a vaccine that that, that helps tamper that down uh, uh for for the vast majority of people and that's the approach we'll get to in covid when all of the politics stop and you know politicians it, it, need if, to show maybe. they're doing something and whatever so <laughs> if they ever stop <laughs> yeah but but you know it, it is it is unfortunate you know the goalpost keeps moving the the the, the goal here keeps moving and and you know there's a lot of polarization around this that I think is really unfortunate because the science is is very similar to lots of other things we deal with in life and and it's about risk tolerance and it's about risk perception and it's about how much you want to enforce your risk perception on other people but all of that all of that is a realm that I don't want to enter because I you know it's not my place yeah. but the place for me is to say what what is helpful this is and, what and, could say, will save your life, and and uh, this is my concern. As my speaking for you, as your job is to try to help save people's lives, and it has nothing to do with politics, right? So, in that realm of recommendations, vaccination, fabulous, right? Mm-hmm. Washing your hands, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in a place where you can spread it to others, I think there's pretty good evidence that masks will help. I've never been the one that said, let's keep kids in masks forever or anything like that. All of that mandate stuff was not me, right? And so to loop me into that is just not right, right? right for sure. So do masks have the potential to, to make a difference? Yeah. I mean, people, people have worked in the hospital around COVID 24-7 for days on end, never got COVID. You know, or they ended up getting COVID in, in, the, in the break room when they took them off and started talking to each other, right? And yeah. so, so that... You know, we can agree to disagree or whatever. Again, we're into that mandate, non-mandate stuff and making recommendations. And that's, you know, I, I'm not going to be that guy that mandates anything. But I think it, it I think I have the right to recommend mass, right? I mean, I, I don't think I'm. <laughs> I think, you know, when, when the politicians first came out, uh, Dave, and, and, and started talking about mandates. Wait, we're talking March, April, May last year. Yeah. Uh, there were mask mandates. There were lockdowns. They were actually closing businesses. By law, you could not operate your business. And I think it created, because they were so uh, 
iron-handed, iron-fisted, I guess, early on, it created, I think, a fatigue in people yeah. to the point now where you could tell me, hey, it's better if you wear a mask when you're doing this certain activity. And I'm going to be like, I'm so tired of that that I just don't even care at this point. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it was not a good public health intervention, right? Yeah. It was a political intervention. Yeah. And, and, and we have to be really careful. So if you look at the original pandemic plan that we had written and that the state had written, and there was even a national, we were all consistent. It called for uh, in, in certain cutoffs at which we would implement certain measures that were just absolutely thrown out the door, you know. So we locked down the state when there were four cases in our district and that wasn't my decision, right? That was yeah. somebody else's decision. But, you know, you can beat me up all you want for that, but I didn't have anything to do with it, right? <laughs> so, so And, I, and you it, probably wouldn't have done it. Period. Yeah, No, so, I wouldn't yeah. have. And, and our plan was a good plan, and it's still a good plan, and I hope we'll revive it after this. But but you have you can't take this pandemic out of the context of four billion articles and right. politicians grandstanding and all the stuff that happened here, you know, and—, and yeah. And people, people are very afraid of this on on one end of the spectrum, and, and other people are very not afraid of it on the other spectrum. And and that uh, ability to make decisions in your life is uh, something that's always been kind of really fundamental to how we operate in society. And and so I think a lot of people's uh, concern here kind of falls into the realm of well, you know. <laughs> Where are we politically and societally uh, on these issues? And and I don't think it's necessarily where, you know, so people that want more lockdowns, they're not happy. And people that want less lockdowns, they're not happy. And we we continue to see almost every issue divide people uh, almost universally, right? So we're having, by the way, some phone line issues. So if you want to text me, probably the best way to get a hold of me right now, 435-467-5842. Uh, yeah, phone lines are being squirrely. But uh, what about, you know, I, I hear this all the time. Now. Well, I have natural immunity. I had COVID-19, so I don't need to get a shot. Uh, is that a valid argument, Dave? I, I think natural immunity is great. Um, I think um, I think it will be helpful. I don't think it hurts to get the shot on top of that, uh, particularly um, as we go forward, you know, with a shifting bug, you know, the vaccine will kind of keep ahead of those issues. Um, I here, Here's the problem with the natural immunity argument is I think there's this underlying assessment that, well, I'm going to wait to get natural immunity. <laughs> and so and let me get so, sick. Yeah. yeah. So let me, <laughs> let me, let me take my chances with the bug and then I'll sure. have natural immunity. And I think that's kind of a dumb argument because um, uh, it turns out that there's this, there's there's these complications that if you don't have to have them, why deal with them, right? And so, um, the vaccine is just really really good at what it was designed to do, which is keep the keep the bug away from keeping you keep you from going to the hospital and dying. So, um, I, and it, it's a lot the same of the argument we're hearing with um, if there's a pill for COVID or what you know maybe monoclonal antibodies or something. If there's a magic bullet, then I won't have to get vaccinated because that will take, you know, that will fix it. But uh, the, the truth is not getting the disease is always better than getting it and taking your chances with what you're going to get. So. You hear that, folks? You hear what he said? Not getting the disease is always better than getting it. <laughs> I know, Honestly, I know people, I knew people, maybe not so much anymore, but they say, I just want to hurry and get it. I just want to get it over with. 
and hurry and get it. And my answer to, to them, especially in the last month or so, was, well, then just hurry and get the vaccine. <laughs> and then you might get it, but it won't be as bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I've been mocked and ridiculed. It, it happens. Yeah. Not as I, much as you. I, are, I, probably, I think but. people have made their decisions, and that's that's okay. But but, but I'm still going to. I'm still going to say what it, what I need to say, which is <laughs> I recommend the vaccine. You know, the vaccine is is uh, it's going to be a whole and a whole order of magnitude better for you than uh, than waiting to get that disease. And 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 so what's interesting is m- probably 90 percent of those over the age of 85 and probably 85 percent of those over the age of 70 have now been vaccinated. Right. Really high percentages. And it's really kind of dramatically changed the nature of what we're seeing. So we're not seeing nearly as many deaths. And the ones we do see are in in this um, category of, you know, the, the wow, I just didn't see that that person might die. They're, you know, in their 40s or something. And, uh, and, and then you end up saying, well, how, you know, how did that happen? But it's still in that curve. But we've taken out, you know, the, the, the majority of the deaths. And part, part of the penalty for that or the the victim of our success is that the hospitals are full uh, with younger people that are sick that haven't been vaccinated Uh, so there's actually as many people in the hospital now as there was at the peak back in january even though we have half as many cases in the community and that's i think it's just a function of they're staying there longer because they're they're younger but they're still having struggles right and so mm. you know the three week four week stay in the hospital that is just not something anybody should plan into their routine in their life you know? no so. if you if you think staying at the hospital is like a hotel stay you're wrong <laughs> for a lot of reasons one of which is uh, they come in every 2 hours and wake you up and take yeah. Take vitals on you well, and, and stuff, and and I don't I don't ever want to be that alarmist guy that says if you don't get vaccinated you're going to end up in the hospital. That's that's you know statistically, you know that's just not true. That you know ninety percent of people are not, or ninety five percent of people, but five percent will, right? And that's the five percent you don't want to be part of. So you're playing a numbers game here, right? So. Yeah. When you can't win. Okay. Uh, we've got, well, no, you can win, but when you, yeah, you're yeah. not so likely you... to, as w- to win. Uh, i got to get a commercial break in or they're going to fire me. So let's uh, play a couple of minutes of uh, commercials here. We'll be back in two minutes to wrap things up with the doctor. Thanks again to Joe Shoney for sponsoring this show. Uh, Joe Shoney is a loan consultant. His specialty is cu- customer service. Call him today at 435-590-6300. He is NMLS number 121041. Welcome back, Andy Griffin, with you live. A lot of folks unhappy about our show today. I don't know why. I don't know what you did, Dave. Shame yeah. On you. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I got 32 texts in the last 15 minutes. Obviously, not going to be able to uh, get to all of them. And uh, unfortunately, your microphone is making that popping noise again. So uh, we are almost at. Can, how about if you just uh, use yep. that other microphone for the last couple of minutes? Because I know there was a couple of uh, points that. You wanted to make as we wrap up the show that that microphone is so weird. It's been going in and out now for about a month, and the engineer comes in and says, "I fixed it," and and then it doesn't get fixed. So uh, we only have about a minute and a half left in the show. I know okay. there were a couple of things, a couple of points you wanted to make as we wrap things up. Okay, first point um, with the hospital as full as it is, uh, it's a, a reminder. It's flu shot season. Um, Last year, we had a low incidence of flu shots because we were being so diligent about COVID, but I think we'll see a, a, a bigger flu year this year. Uh, we know every year, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 people die from flu. It's, uh, 
uh, significant. And a lot of people end up in the hospital that don't need to. And so uh, flu shot recommended, uh, available widely across the community. You know, please get a flu shot this year. Insurance will pay for it. Yeah, all of that stuff. Uh, that you know we've we've been uh, giving out booster shots if you had the Pfizer first two doses. Uh, Johnson Johnson just applied for a booster on their uh, vaccination for those probably over sixty five as well. So watch for news about that. Um, we'll continue to monitor that. So far, Moderna holding up very well, so no need for a booster there. Um, but uh, just. Just uh, come to our website for the latest, and we'll keep you informed, www.swhealth.org. Uh, really a pleasure uh, to be your health officer here in this community and to try and uh, do the best we can to sort through all of the, the noise for you. But uh, obviously there's plenty of that out there. And there always is. great to see you, Andy. Dave, thank you for coming in today. It's always a pleasure. We're out of time. Time for news now on KDXU. Mayor Randall's on tomorrow.